Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Sugar Coated Murder Podcast, a brilliant true crime podcast hosted by two zany sisters, all while baking up delicious treats in their kitchen. Here are your podcast hosts, Karen Devaney and Ann Varner. Yo. Yo ho. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Don't tell everybody. I think they already know. <laughs> Guys, if y'all don't recognize our voices, I'm Karen Devaney. And I'm Ann Varner. And this is Sugar-Coated Murder Podcast at Random. At Random. (laughs) It's September. You know what September is? Better than August. It is. And it's also Serial Killer September. Yes. So that's what we're doing, guys. We're doing Serial Killer September. So this month, you'll be hearing all about some serial killers. And all of our recipes are Cereal based. They're all cereal based. Oh my god! How smart are we? We're so funny. We're so witty, witty and wise, <laughs> and witchy. <laughs> so anyway, all right. So I'm. I'm Welcome back. Baking. Thank you. Oh my gosh, we both got the COVID. We it got the COVID. So we've just had. We've had a tsunami of. Oh, it's, it's been a shitstorm. Like since January, just, uh, yeah, it's Literally just we, started January first. I feel like we're just one of those big, um, blubbery people who got get knocked over by the wave and they just tumble and tumble and they cannot get up. Wow! And as soon as they start to get what? on their knees, <laughs> then the tide comes in or the wave comes in and knocks them down again, and then they just tumble and tumble and roll and roll and they oh, just but guess can't, what they can't write themselves we keep getting up oh we always attempt no you do not knock us down we no, will continue we will, to rise we will continue to rise we might be covered in sand and, and we're gonna look like shit but <laughs> we're gonna get up. it ain't gonna be graceful that's no, for sure no but we're gonna get up and, and that's what we've done now we've we finally i think we've climbed out of the COVID hole i'm not sure Oh my gosh! Because it has lasted I've had the post nasal drip again today. Post nasal drip, achy. <clears throat> yeah, achy. my my COVID started in my heel, in my yeah. right heel, and it continues to rest there. Yeah, I think it must be some kind of inflammation or something. It is. It that's is still holding on, but it is driving me nuts. I I understand. I have a I have a COVID toe. <laughs> COVID toe. Yeah, a COVID toe, and I get I keep getting these waves of like i think i'm getting a cold or i'm getting sick again and it'll last a couple of days and then it goes away right and i just feel like it's either covid or it's the aftermath of covid i think yeah it's very true because i even still get the waves of absolute exhaustion me too and nausea i get the nausea nausea. and the exhaustion so it's been this has been a wild covid ride this time the wild and willy the wild and willy covid (laughs) got the willy covid yeah i don't know if that's an actual official name but (laughs) it it should now it should be so let us know if y'all get the the willy covid We'll be the judge of that. Yeah. So what did you bake today that is cereal based? I'm oh. dying to know. Well, you know, I went really easy because I hadn't been feeling great. And well, you know what? That's part of the cereal based crap. It's very true. We're not making our own cereal. No. <laughs> oh, that would have been interesting. No, we can't do that. I'm not doing that. No. 
I made brown butter rice krispie treats. That's that's delightful. Now I've never been that good at rice krispie treats. I have to be honest with you. I don't okay. have a lot of patience with them. Mm-mm, they get all sticky. They're to all my nerves. But yeah. I think I did an extraordinary job this time. Extraordinary. It's such a simple recipe. Um, I found it on Handle the Heat Ooh. with Tessa Arias. You stop it. I'm telling you right now, we're handling the heat. I seriously think we are. We are handling it. And this recipe calls for a lot more than I was willing to invest. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I knew. You have abbreviated? I, I abbreviated <laughs> this recipe. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with it, girl, because they mean, still taste good. Yeah, and then we're not left with, like, hundreds of Rice Krispie treats. Nobody needs hundreds. No, and it <laughs> makes a lot. It makes a lot, and we don't need it. The original recipe calls for two sticks of unsalted butter, one teaspoon of vanilla. Ah, that's what I did wrong. Uh-oh. Two 10-ounce <laughs> bags of mini marshmallows, mm-hmm. a half a teaspoon of kosher salt. And nine cups of Rice crispy cereal. Nine cups. Oh, now, it says crispy rice, but we know. We, we know, know what that means. So <laughs> I actually did one stick of salted butter because I don't get unsalted and then add the salt. That didn't make any sense well, to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, we sell the salted butter now. I'll take it. It's not a problem. <laughs> so I, I did my one salt. And then, you know what? I did not cut my, my vanilla I think that's half. okay because it's killer vanilla. It is killer vanilla. And I just think you cannot put too much. And I'll be honest with you. I believe I accidentally poured from a bottle that wasn't all the way vanilla because it has it had a very bourbony Oh, I love Smell it. As I was it in, come to think mm, of it. Maybe we need to drink that. <laughs> I did one bag of 10-ounce mini marshmallows instead uh-huh. of two, and I did four and a half cups of Rice Krispies. Yes, crispy rice. Yeah. This is a really easy recipe. Um, first thing you're going to do is do that brown butter, mm. and I know I've talked about it before. It's really very easy. You just have to keep an eye on it. Got to pay attention. I put my a stick of butter in a heavy saucepan. And I let it start to kind of melt. When it gets out of the form of a stick, I start stirring. Stir, 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 stir. And I continue to stir. You let that stuff boil. It's going to foam. It's going to get clear. It's going to foam again. It's just going to act crazy. It's like Willy COVID. Yes. (laughs) It's interesting because different brands do different things to me oh, okay like um i guess it depends on how much cream they have how much water they have yes yeah yeah so anyway once it does that second foamy thing it starts to get a little clear and you'll see it starts turning amber um and separates a little at the bottom and that's when you know it's done it also you can the aroma is nutty okay if you let it go one minute past that you're done it's burned you're done you got to start over so just continuously stir and keep an eye on it okay. and it does take like six minutes yeah it's not a fast it's thing. not no no and if you try to to rush it you're going to burn your butter don't be and i told you not your to, butter so don't be blaming that on me Mm-mm. um i got tricked because i didn't read ahead <laughs> the recipe I hate it when they trick yeah, you and i did the heavy saucepan and what i should have done was like a big a big saucepan uh, like that you make because you in. add you add to it exactly okay. so i just poured it into a bigger pan yeah, yeah. then you um add your we add lib we do and then you <laughs> add your vanilla and then you add your marshmallows has to be killer vanilla or it doesn't work oh god yeah that's very true mm-hmm. email add us and let us know you want some yeah we got that we got it in spades Okay. Um, okay. So then I put my, oh, and then now turn your heat to low. Mm-hmm. Low. Gotta How go low. low. Otherwise, you go? you're going to burn your butter. 
Don't burn your butter. Throw, <laughs> don't throw, be a butter burner. Throw that little bag of mini marshmallows in. We'll take them out of the bag, but put them into the pan. <laughs> put the bag in. I guess at this point it's a pot. So, Stick yeah. it in your pot. Stick that in your pot. <laughs> and then stir, stir, stir <laughs> on low until that mar- until the marshmallows melt all the way. Yeah. Once they're melted all the way, take it off the heat. <laughs> take Don't it off. just turn the heat off. Take it off the heat. You've got to remove it from remove the, it from the eye. Take it away from the eye. Yeah. Away from the eye. Away. Away. <laughs> then you're going to add your cereal. Syrup. And stir, 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 stir. You got your syrup. Put your syrup in there, girl. <laughs> Stick it in there and Stick stir. It. You stir your syrup right in there. Stick it in. Stick it in your pot and, <laughs> and stir, you stir, stir, stir. You stir your syrup. <laughs> <laughs> then um, I, I use, for something like this that I'm not going to bake, mm-hmm. I greased my pan with butter. Of course. Because it just makes more sense. Yeah, it doesn't get sticky, and you don't want to eat Pam. Pam. No, no. I mean, no offense to Pam or any Pams out there. We love Pams. No, but we just we don't want to eat the Pam spray. No, Mm -mm. it's no. I just don't think that's what we what it's for. No, like you wouldn't either. Put some toast in the toaster and spray it with Pam. No, No. or open your mouth and go. No, nobody does that. (laughs) 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 Nobody does that. No, there's a reason. Exactly. But I used an eight by eight pan, mm-hmm. or it might have been a nine by nine. Either way, Actually, it's eight by square. Eight. Mm-hmm. And um, you you pour your mixture. You into take a that square pan, pan, you stir your syrup, then you put your stirred syrup in your square pan. Through that, <laughs> through that, you're gonna stick that syrup right into that square pan that's been buttered. <laughs> and you're gonna you're gonna take your your spatula or your spoon or whatever it is that and lick it. No, oh, no. And you're gonna gently, and I'm telling you right now, gently mm. press this stuff in the syrup mixture mm. into your pan. Gently, okay, gently. If you start honking down on it. You're going to get real thin, dense. Compressed. You don't want to compress it. You don't want to compress it. You just want to shape it. You want to shape it to the pan. Yes. And it will form to the pan. Yeah. There's no need to just press, press, press. No. That's silly. Well, that's aggressive. It's very aggressive. And I know this is about sorrel killers, but we don't want to be sorrel killers to our race. Don't kill your sorrel by being aggressive. No. All your snap, crackle, and pop will disappear. Then you let them sit right there in that pan for an hour. You don't have to bake them. You don't have to chill them. Nothing. Nothing? Nothing. <sighs> and they're done. Presto. Friggin' love that. I used a little little tiny biscuit cutter of mine just to yes. be different. It's very cute. So they're little petite, round butter right, rice They're like little <laughs> rice crispy pedophores. Pedophores, that's right. <laughs> I'm in the process of planning a baby shower for a work colleague. Okay. So I'm trying to think of things, things. that I can. That's cute. Like little tiny things. That, that was could, cute. That was a tiny thing. That's and it wasn't that hard. No, you could put a toothpick in that. Oh, and eat it. <laughs> and I have like those. a hortivore. A hortivore. <laughs> oh my lord! What are y'all having for hortivores? Searle. Searle. <laughs> oh my god! We just started. To We're having searle pertifers. Pertifers. Let me just repeat. Handle the heat.com. That's where you're going to find the recipe. Yeah, go ahead and find that right email. there. 
It we might have be, some better directions. We'd be delighted today. to share if you need be. <laughs> yeah. All right. So there's my murder treat. What you got going on? I mean, what an eye opener. Right. What an eye opener with these Searle killers. Oh, I thought you meant the Searle carnivores. <laughs> that was <laughs> <Or the> Porterfers. <laughs> it's a Searle Porterfer. <laughs> Oh, you meant this actual killer. Like, these actual serial killers <laughs> right. are mind-boggling. Oh. If you like small-town mystery, crazy news, and wild history, then the Florida Men on Florida Man podcast is for you. Each week, Josh Mills and Wayne McCarty bring you the absolute best Florida has to offer. So if you're looking for a show that's safe for the family, but funny enough to help you escape everyday life, then listen to the Florida Men on Florida Man podcast. That's Florida Men, plural, on Florida Man Podcast. I don't even want to know them. Well, I'm going to tell you about one. Well, you can tell me It's just going to knock your one sock off. Oh. <laughs> your Listen, compression I sock. got a compression from a heel. It's double. That's a double compression. You got right a there. double compressor? Yes. Damn, girl. You serious. I'm telling you. Okay. So let me tell you about this. I'm going I'm to take you back to 1986 to 1989. Okay. Go back all right. All right. Okay. I was I was coming out of high school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I graduated in eighty three. So you graduated in eighty seven. Yes. Okay. So between the years of eighty six and eighty nine, a serial killer kept claimed the lives of at least eight young adults. Eight. All along the scenic colonial parkway that spans from richmond to williamsburg virginia oh my lord and you know we were up and down that road it's all a 23 the time. mile stretch that links jamestown williamsburg and yorktown Lord have mercy yeah it's gonna make your skin crawl i remember hearing about it but i don't remember, I don't remember ever ever hearing you about don't. this no oh i remember a little bit if this is the one i'm thinking about i think it's the only one so october 12th 1996 Kathleen Marion Thomas, a 27-year-old woman, and Rebecca Ann Dowski, a 21-year-old woman, were found strangled with their throats cut at at a Colonial Parkway overlook. Oh, oh no. Yeah. This overlook happened to be a popular spot at the time for local LGP, LG. Oh, now you've got to get it right. I'm going to do it. LGBTQ community. Okay. Okay. So for the local LGBT community. Q. Q. Did I forget the Q? Yes. LGBTQ. Oh, I wrote G twice. That's my confusion. LGBTG. No. Got it. All right. So Kathy had recently been made to leave the Naval Academy. Oh, no. Where nine officers had investigated her regarding her sexual behavior. Oh, no. Because at that time, gays were not allowed in the military. Right. That's exactly right. So although she was about to graduate in the second class to ever have let women in, she was forced to cut her military career short. Oh, no. But being the resilient human that she was, she became a successful stockbroker. Oh, a stockbroker? F you. Naval Academy for making her wow. leave. Kathy and Rebecca had been dating for several months and they had gone out for food. And this was Thursday nights were their nights. So um, Kathy would go and pick up Rebecca. They would go out to dinner or they would go get takeout and then they would go sit at this overlook. Mm-hmm. 
and it was very scenic and they would eat their dinner and, and be together. Right. Trout's back too, y'all. Yeah, I can hear him. He's a little bit on my nerves. Okay, so they had gone out for food and had stopped at the Overlook on October 9th, but had not been seen or heard from after that day. Oh, no. Three days later, Kathy's car was found down an embankment off the Colonial. Can I have to pause? Oh, what are we going to do with him? I'm going to get him a lick bowl. Well, oh. I think. Work sucks. Am I right, Jay? Yeah, Kay, it does. But luckily, the F My Work Life podcast is here to help you through. In this comedy podcast, we share memorable workplace stories through guests and listener submissions in the hopes of brightening your day, or at least leave you thinking, maybe you don't have it so bad after all. Listen to F My Work Life on your favorite podcast platform and follow us on all the socials at FMWLpod. The pair had gone out for food and had stopped at the scenic overlook on the 9th of October, but had not been seen or heard from after that. Three days later, Kathy's car was found down an embankment off the Colonial Parkway near the York River Bridge. Oh, no. They had been strangled and their throats had been cut. Oh, no. Yeah. Kathy was almost decapitated from the ligature. What? Yeah. And their bodies had been doused in fuel. And that was a ligature? Uh-huh. Whoa. Yeah. Rebecca Ann was still a college student at the time at William & Mary in Williamsburg. She worked two jobs. One job was caring for toddlers at a local daycare center, and the other was at the college's English department as a clerk. She was a... She was a... No. <laughs> I said, she's a friendly dresser. Oh, a friendly dresser. Wow. I meant trendy dresser. Trendy. She was a trendy dresser and loved sporting outfits from the Gap. She was majoring in business management. I just wanted to say some stuff about her because I did talk a lot about Kathy in the beginning. And I just wanted to get Rebecca in there, who she was before she became a victim. Trendy. She was a trendy gap girl. (laughs) Trendy gap girl that loved children. Children and business management. And a hard worker. She was a hard worker. So then September 20th, 1987. So it's been almost a year, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. David Nobling's pickup truck was found abandoned by the James River Bridge. The door was open, the keys were in the ignition, and the windshield wipers were on. His family was immediately alarmed because that truck was his prized possession. He would have never left it like that. Oh, no. I definitely have not heard of this one. Right. I oh, think no. so. That afternoon, David had ushered his little brother, a cousin, and 14-year-old Robin Edwards to a movie and an arcade. Oh, and then afterwards, he dropped everyone off, but later met back up with Robin. Nobody knows why they met back up. 14-year-old Robin? 14-year-old Robin and 20-year-old David. Okay. But don't draw any conclusions I'm not drawing any conclusions. Yeah. Three days um, afterwards, his truck was found. And three, no, three days after his truck was found, stop adding letters that don't exist. I mean, they exist, but not on the page. <laughs> okay. The bodies of David and Robin washed up on a beachy area no. of the rag, Ragged Island Wildlife Refuge. Oh, no. They had both been shot in the head execution style. What? Mm-hmm. David had been shot twice, once in the shoulder and once in the head. Robin had been shot once in the head. And David, this is a serial killer? Mm-hmm. David was from the Hampton area where he worked with his dad at the family landscaping business. He and his longtime girlfriend were expecting a baby at the time. Oh, I know. Robin had been struggling with her mental health and had 
been prone to running away. She had recently made great strides in therapy, and no one felt she was running away at that at that time. Right. I mean, obviously, she was friends with David's brother mm-hmm. and cousin, so they kind of all knew each other. Well, yeah. And she, he was older, and she felt they were thinking maybe she was turning to him for some advice. He could have been in a, a in a like a big brother kind sure. of a way. Yeah. So. Now, on April 9th, 1988, two students from Christopher Newport College, which is now a university, went on a date. Cassandra Haley was a freshman, a 19-year-old from Grafton, Virginia, and Richard Keith Hall was a 20-year-old junior from Yorktown, Virginia. This was their first date. He picked her up from his family's home in Grafton, and they went to a movie. From, and then From her a, family home? From her family's home. Did I say his? Yeah. Well, I'll be that would have been crazy. <laughs> yeah, I would have had some questions. Now, those those are things you can question. Okay, thanks. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> so he picked her up from her family home in Grafton. They went to a movie and then to a college party. They were seen by a lot of people at the college party, and then they left around one thirty a.m. to make Cassie's curfew. They were never seen again. Oh. The next day, Keith's car was found. It was a red Toyota Celica. was found at the York River Bridge. No. At the Overlook, well, at the Overlook near the bridge where Kathy's car had been found two years before. Oh, no. It was about a mile away exactly from Kathy's, from where Kathy's car had been found. Almost all of their clothing, clothes, clothing, it's not clothing. All of their clothing was folded on the back seat. Keith's wallet, keys, and watch were on the dashboard. Tracking dogs were brought in, and they lost their scent at the water's edge. Oh, man. Um, at first, park rangers thought the couple maybe had gone skinny dipping oh. and gotten swept away. But this was April. The water temperatures were in the 40s. I was going to say. Yeah. And it, Ka- Cassie was afraid of water. She was afraid of water. So oh. her parents said there ain't no, no way she was going skinny dipping. No. So... She was definitely not a swimmer. So they were never found. What? Never. Never? Nope. They thought they, because of the MO, they thought that this was part of this, these killings um, along the Colonial So Parkway. they're starting to piece them together. They're starting to say, I think we have a problem. Gotcha. They're starting to say, rut row. Rut row. Mm-hmm. September 5th, 1989. 18-year-old Anna-Marie Phelps. Phelps. And her boyfriend's brother, 20-year-old Danny or Daniel Lauer, set off from Amelia, Virginia, headed to Virginia Beach. Um, that's where Anna Anna Marie lived with Daniel's brother. And so they were going to Amelia to pick up some of Daniel's belongings because he was going to move in with them in Virginia Beach. Okay. And Amelia decided to tag along to go see family. Okay. On their travels, they vanished. Oh, no. That day, that same day that they vanished, Daniel's car was found abandoned at a rest stop along I-64. Oh, yeah. But it was the rest stop that would have been going in the opposite direction. So so they know he made they made it to Amelia right. and he got his belongings and he saw his family and she saw her family. Right. So they knew that they left Amelia. They were headed to Virginia Beach. When they found the car, the rest stop was on the opposite Right. Side of the highway going in the opposite direction. This is the, the one that I heard about. Okay. Okay. So um, 
they they found clumps of grass and dirt stuck to the undercarriage as if it had been driven across a grassy median. Anna Marie's purse was found in the car, so robbery was not a motive. And they were they were nowhere to be found. And it wasn't until October of 1989. So they went missing September 5th, which was Labor Day weekend, and they were found October 19th. Their bodies were found on a logging trail about a about a mile away from where the car was located. They were found by hunters, and their their bodies were badly decomposed, and the cause of death could not be determined. Oh. There were knife marks visible on Anna Marie's hand bones. Right. And they had been covered with an electric blanket that had been taken from Daniel's car. Oh, no. So all of these murders remain unsolved today. Oh. They've never caught the serial killer. Why do they think it's a serial killer? Well, first of all. Why do they think it's the same guy? Because one, I thought usually the M.O., it was, they used the same, like if it was, I'm, Cutting your throat with a ligature, that's the way I'm killing all my people. Not necessarily. Not, it, that's what they do say. And there's some people who say this doesn't fit a serial killer profile. Right. But but the fact that it was, they were couples or pairs, they, they would have appeared to be couples. And the way, the way their cars were found, where their cars were found, that was very typical. And so um, I'll, I'll get to some other stuff. I'll get to some theories. So the murders remain unsolved, but there is a task force made up of local, state, and FBI agents that are still looking at this case. And um, that task force was formed in 2010, but as of 2018, some DNA evidence um, was undergoing analysis, and that takes a long time. Right. So there is a running theory that this could be a cop or a cop, I said a cop poser. Oh, right, but a person right. posing as a cop because most of the driver's windows were either partially or fully rolled down. Okay. So they thought, okay, so somebody's coming up on them and, and acting like they're a police officer. So their guard is down. Mm-hmm. So um, if that was the case, then that would have made sense for um, the, the couple that was never found They they and how they got to the water's edge. Right. Um, so... I understand that that some people were shot, but they they've linked these together hmm. through just the MO of the car and the couples, the young couples. Right. So they so they think it could be a person posing as a cop or a cop, or um they there's a there's a I think it's called Camp Perry, Fort Perry. Uh-huh. Um, that's a that's a training. There is a training school there for CIA agent, CIA agents, and they there were some theories that maybe it was a CIA agent that was training in that area. Oh, right. Because you know, all of a sudden they just stopped. But um, the investigators think that it stopped because the killer either died or is in jail oh. for something else. Interesting. Yes. So um, there have been other couple murders in Virginia along the same stretch that they feel like that they're looking at as possible ties as well. Right. Um, There was another um, there was another gay couple that was found to women. And there was another couple, too, um, that they're trying to figure out if they're linked. Right. So there is a website called colonialparkwaymurders.com. 
Okay. And you can go on there. You can see, I'm actually going to post the map. They have a really cool map of, of all the different killings and where they happened along this scenic route. So um, it was just, it blew my mind because first of all, it's unsolved. Yeah. Um, And that it just seems to have stopped, but they think that like this latest couple, they were, they were in the 2000s, like in the years 2000 after 2000. So they're saying maybe Wait, there's some other. What? So all of these happened in the 1980s, oh, right, late right, 80s. Right, in the 2000s. So the, the couple that they're looking at to see if there's ties there, they were in the two, they were in after year 2000. So they're like, okay, so maybe we need to also go and look at some other cases like missing persons cases and stuff like that. But there is a task force. There's a, phone number that you can call if you've got information. There's a reward. I want to say it's a hundred thousand dollar reward. Oh wow. That's Something. a it's a one. big chunk of money. That is a big chunk of money. So anyway, um that's the serial killer. And I'm telling you, it it just it blew my mind. And I feel really badly because in the beginning there was lots of information about these people that were killed. And it's like every set of victims it, there was less and less information yeah to, to gain from them so it was That's just really easy yeah oh but, my gosh i really hope that something comes of the dna oh gosh wouldn't it just be wonderful for that to be solved it would be and for an arrest to be made yes and charged and convicted Woo! so yeah there you go it's gonna be a heavy september because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's just not a lot there's just it's just not it's not funny <laughs> no, killers really, are not funny. Serial killers are not funny. No, it's just sad. It's just really sad. We've got all these families with no answers. You've got people that were murdered as a couple, which to me, that's just got, I mean, somebody died first and the other person knew it was happening. And that's awful. Awful. It's awful. I did see um, on a Psychology Today article that mm. a serial killer will alter and refine his M.O. to accommodate new circumstances. New circumstances and also to avoid being caught. Or to incorporate new skills they've acquired. Yeah. So. Yeah. They might, instead of using a rope, they might um, bring handcuffs. Yeah. Yeah. And they, you, might, they could change. They could change from, you know, strangulation to a gun. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so there's a difference between the M, the MO, the modus operandi. Yes. Or the way they commit the crime and there's in the signature. So a lot of serial killers will leave a signature. So the cars and where they were could be the signature. Correct. I agree. And I think also just the colonial, there's to me, that colonial parkway is significant to somebody. That's oh, doing sure. this. There yeah. is a significance. And I don't think it's just about a convenient location. I think it's because people tend to pull over at the overlooks. And well, the overlooks. And I don't remember it being a, an especially well-lit No, I don't feel like it's well-lit at all. Yeah. Mm-mm. I don't think so either. So I, I just think... Um, Maybe God, someday, I just would, you never know. I just would really, really love. Now, I did find out that CrimeCon a couple years ago did a whole panel of this. Oh, really? Whole case. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was really interesting. That is interesting. Huh. So. We'll have to see if we can get our hands on some of that info. Yeah. Yeah. It when was, we're it was at presented, CrimeCon. It was presented on um, Oxygen, by Oxygen. Okay. But the panel was... Um, I know they've done some cold cases 
um, on the on different panels before. Yeah. yeah. So that is amazing. Yeah, I know. So I thought that was that was promising that maybe some other people are looking at it too. I mean, yeah. you know, they they like to get true crime web sleuths involved because people do a lot of research and they put a lot of pieces together and they have fresh ideas and they're not a, they have no reason to withhold information. Correct. So but. amazing. Well done. Thank you. That was a good one. Thanks. Way to start it off. I know. I kicked it off. Bam. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go, September. <laughs> so yeah, guys, we're going to CrimeCon. We are. I'm excited. I'm so excited. Yeah. I get more excited every day. Yeah. So CrimeCon is this, um, it's a three-day weekend full, excuse me, of crime. <laughs> Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> we that's... commit crimes for free. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what we do. Uh, no. It's a convention. Yeah. And there are lots of people on panels. There are a lot of podcasts. They have a whole podcast row where you can go watch them tape episodes of podcasts. We're not famous enough for podcast row yet. One day, maybe. <laughs> one day, maybe. We'll throw our name in the hat maybe one year. Yeah, I agree. But, you know, they've got some really cool people. Nancy Grace will be there. Candace DeLong, who I'm fangirling over. Oh, my gosh. Like, there's so many. About that. Cheryl um, McCullen, um, we've seen her before, and um, she's just freaking amazing, and I can't wait to meet her. We're going to meet Carrie Rawson, who is the daughter of BTK, who is doing enormous great strides right now with law enforcement in some areas of um, victim advocacy and things like that yeah she's amazing and um i mean the and we're gonna meet them the all the murdoch people are gonna be there yeah but creighton waters is gonna be there and dr kenzie and that that will be fun but the others i'm matt murphy will be there nice my lady from i can't remember what her name is right now i'm so sorry because i'm such a fan she does this awesome show called city confidential oh yeah and um she just got renewed as a matter of fact i think tonight is her premiere of her second season and oh, really mac and a couple of podcasters were doing a watch party with her um on the feed so oh, people wow. could ask her questions and stuff she's amazing i love her so anyway um we're gonna we're gonna post our link to um, buy me a coffee in case any of you want to buy us a bourbon while we're at CrimeCon. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, my God. What a yeah, good idea. Because we need to have a drink with Paul Holes and Nancy Grace. What a <laughs> great idea. Yeah. So we'll post that. We appreciate any any quote-unquote coffee you want to buy us. So Yeah, because CrimeCon, she ain't cheap. She ain't cheap and we ain't rich. We we went on a payment plan to get these Yes, we did. We had to be on a payment plan to get the tickets. We worked hard for it. Right after we got tax money back. Yes. Reinvested. Yeah, reinvested. (laughs) But you know what? We're going to be there. We're going to have our t-shirts on. Yeah, we're going to advertise our podcast and our book. Yes. So, yeah. So, that's it. Guys. We've done it. It's a whole I mean, episode. We're back. We did it. We did it again. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You never know when we'll pop back up. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my gosh. God but guys, willing. just whatever you do, stay sweet and don't murder. Because if you kill people, we will talk about you. Oh, we will. And we're probably not going to get your name right. Because no. Because suck at that. <laughs> I do. Really bad. <laughs> All right, y'all. Stay sweet. Head on a swivel. <laughs> Bye. Bye. This has been Sugar Coated Murder Podcast, a deliciously entertaining true crime podcast. Like what you heard? You can always explore past episodes by visiting sugarcoatedpod.com. 
Don't forget to like our Facebook fan page and share with friends. Thanks for listening to Sugar Coated Murder Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.